This is the best of daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information, go to believerstogether.com. In chapter 21 of the Gospel of John, we now come to the epilogue in John the Apostle's record of the life and times of Jesus Christ. It's almost as if John had closed his letter at the end of the last chapter, but then suddenly added a P.S. wonder why. Perhaps Peter is the answer, actually. I mean, we know that Peter would go on to play a major role in the building of Christ's church. Yet we also know that he had famously failed Christ. Furthermore, he had failed all his brethren. He had denied his Savior, he had denied his friends, and he had denied his calling. Thus John, for the sake of Peter, seemingly had to make sure the rest of the story was told, an account in which many of us here have staked our life upon, because we have stood where Peter stood, and perhaps we are standing there even now. There was a time when Peter swore he would never deny Christ. He no doubt taught others and taught others not to do exactly what he himself would eventually do. Yet he now finds himself in a place that was previously unthinkable. I have no doubt that Peter thought, at least for him, that the game was over. He was finished. He had lost the battle. And in Peter's mind now, there was only one thing he thought that he could do. He simply would go back, back to the world that he once knew, and the only world he thought that would still have him. Peter was going to go back to fishing. There would be, in his mind, no more epic battles, no more miracles, no more of the stuff of legend. He would attempt now to just simply live out his life as an ordinary man. But for those who are so chosen, there will never be peace in such a life. There wasn't before when he, when we dropped our nets to follow this man, and there certainly will be none after having seen the other side. Yet one of the greatest aspects of our Lord is that he is great with second chances. Peter would now get his, but Peter and all the Peters that would follow. We have to want it. And I mean really want it. Verse 1 says, After these things Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Now, Peter had dutifully packed it in and headed on back to proverbial Egypt, except he had forgotten what life was like in Egypt. We always forget what life was like in Egypt. We forget that Jesus didn't come to bring us a better life in Egypt. He came to rescue us out of Egypt, and that's because we needed rescued. When we forget that, we again start to believe that Jesus is simply a choice. But as a life preserver, while you're floating without a boat in the middle of the ocean, a choice? 
But then, maybe you think you aren't in such a predicament. 2 Thessalonians 2, 10-12 says, And with all deception of wickedness for those who are being lost, because they didn't receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Because of this, God sends them a powerful delusion that they might believe a lie, that they all might be judged who didn't believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So Peter, he went fishing. And along, of course, with those he persuaded to go with him. Such folks are always persuading others to join them, aren't they? I mean, they're down, of course, and in order to console themselves, they want to drag as many down with them as possible. It is truly the proverbial misery loves company. So they lurk around churches and fellowships and waiting for a weak one to venture away from the flock so that they can mess with them. Verse 3, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they told him, we are also coming with you. And they immediately went out and entered into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. Peter, he went back to fishing and he caught nothing. We tend to think it's going to be like it was before, you know, in the old days. But it never is. When we try going back, it doesn't work anymore, assuming it ever did. Verse 2 lists the disciples who left to go fishing instead of going to that certain mountain in Galilee where Jesus instructed them to go, according to Matthew 28. But it also records that two other unnamed disciples joined them. Who were these two? Hmm, maybe they saved room on the boat for a couple of us? God knows plenty have joined them over the years, right? I wonder how often we've decided to do our own thing when Jesus told us to be doing something else. Verse 4 says, But when the day had already come, Jesus stood on the beach, yet the disciples didn't know that it was Jesus. But when day had come, Jesus stood on the beach. Ah, remember those empty nights out there? Besides being barren and void of success, man, they're long and they're dark. But always in the morning, when the night has seemingly been forever upon us, the sun rises and there Jesus stands on the shore. Jesus is always waiting when we come out of those long, dark nights. question is, will we recognize him when we see him? Verse 5 says, Jesus therefore said to them, Children, have you anything to eat? And they answered him, No. Hmm. Jesus asks, Yo, boys, catch anything? And they say, No, no, nothing. I can't help but wonder why Jesus would ask this. I mean, did he not know the answer? Oh, he knew. He just needed for them to know. They needed to both acknowledge and verbalize it. They were catching nothing. Jesus, in effect, says, Okay, so let me see if I get this straight. You went fishing without me, and you caught, uh, let's see, nothing. Maybe Peter could have answered, Well, I've got nothing except a few other fools here who've been suckered into coming along with me. Verse 6 says, He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And they cast it, therefore, and now they weren't able to draw it in for the multitude of fish. Now Jesus, he's going to make full use of the teachable moment. He gives them instructions to cast their nets on the side, the other side of the boat. 
Now I want you to imagine, again, not recognizing Jesus here, what these guys must have thought about that remark. <laughs> you can't help but wonder if there was a snicker or two from the boat right about then. Yeah, 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 right. The other side of the boat, okay. Oh, to have been there at that moment. Because for some reason, the boys gave it a shot. Maybe they were simply at the end of themselves. I think the reason was because right about that time for all of us is when we finally recognized Jesus in our midst. And they cast their nets on the other side of the boat and voila, it's the mother load. John was the first to speak it. What they no doubt all were thinking. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. You know, they didn't suddenly recognize Jesus because the light was better. They recognized Jesus because of what had occurred. It was the realization that no matter how talented you are and how much you think you know, Jesus is better than you at everything. How do you know what direction to go, what church to go to, the great decisions in life? Go to where Jesus is active and working. Verse 7 says, The disciple, therefore whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It's the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he wrapped his coat around him, for he was naked, and threw himself into the sea. You know, when you find yourself in a place you're not supposed to be, this is the way to come home. Once again, as it was the first time so many years before, Peter now abandons his boat, his fish, his livelihood, everything, to go to Jesus. I can't help but wonder, what were his thoughts there as he swam? Perhaps like a movie, it all came flooding back. The scenes he had been part of, the healing of the blind man, the crippled man at the pool of Bethesda, the feeding of the 5,000, the Mount of Transfiguration, the woman caught in adultery, the resurrection of Lazarus, Jesus washing the apostles' feet, all the miracles, all the love Jesus had shown him come flooding back. And now Peter no doubt was betting that there was one more miracle waiting. And this time the miracle was his the miracle of forgiveness. For Peter, at that moment, it was better to be a prodigal son servant at his father's table than to stay where he was. Now, he was going home. Now maybe you would have had to be there to understand, but I'm willing to bet for those of you who have, you get it. Don't you? That was a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information on Pastor Tim Dodson or Believer City Church, visit believerstogether.com.